the rules were different then. It was Canada. It's like living in the Wild West. There were no SATs. of the Friday Night Movie Podcast, where we invite you to join our family for about an hour, maybe less, maybe more, not sure where it's going to go today, and talk about movies and television, hear what's happening in our lives, joined by my two sisters that are far away from me, many time zones away, Lily in the Canary Islands, how are you? I'm good, today's Mother's Day here, so... Um, I, it was, I had a really fun day. I was treated to a very oily massage with lots of essential oils. They're very in now guys. Shout out cousin Vanessa. Yeah. I'm and diffusing right now, diffusing some essential oils right now, a little citrus um, fresh. Thanks cousin Vanessa. And it was, yeah, it was really nice. And when I, um, got my massage as my gift, um, there was like a massive flower arrangement in the massage room that my husband left for me. So that was like very big surprise. So it was like flowers and a massage. Um, so you have already I been had treated my better. Have a tantrum, so you so have it was just like a complete day. <laughs> so you have already been treated better on Mother's Day than we ever treated our own mother on Mother's Day. Probably, yeah. Yes, correct. Becky, how are you doing? Becky's in California. I'm recovering. I had a very nasty virus last weekend with lots of puking, oozing, and. Just, it was bad. And it's gone, but it's one of those things that just knocks you right out. So I had a whole recovery week that I'm still easing out of, I, I love I love when you get so sick that it goes beyond the recovery day. You get a recovery week. It's I like you're just wiped out. I had one of those in, I would say, 1991, and it was amazing. Yeah. So I'm really enjoying this fun employment slash recovery week that I'm having. Well... I'm glad you all are doing okay. We have a lot. How are you doing? I'm fine. Are you, okay? you know what? We have a lot to cover. So I don't. I so don't. So you're taking one have... for the team by not telling us how you, you know, are. You gotcha. know, if people want to know how I am, they can just they follow can tweet the at link. you. <laughs> they can follow the link to Paula Abdul's live performance at the Billboard Awards, because that is all I needed. To that really expresses I, all I my agree, emotions. I agree, but were you really sitting at home watching the Billboard Awards? No, no, no. I saw right, the. That I, would be... I saw the viral thing of her throwing the hat, and then I said, "Wait a minute, Paul Abdul's back." I'm not one of these people who ever, you know, made her the butt of jokes the way Simon Cowell did. I we knew in our house the talent that was Paula Abdul. Love Paula Abdul. Had, I... We had the straight. But I don't, wait, wait. Are you saying like she was on American Idol ironically? They, she was made fun of a lot. Was she? Yeah, she was. But but we were we were aware. We had the straight up VHS collection. Like we had we that. You know what we also have a video of? We also have a video of Lily. I get Lily it. in neon spandex and face her paint. long blonde hair and I'm pretty sure like pink lipstick performing her own choreography to straight up 
in our living room. And this podcast is about to cross 10,000 downloads. And when we cross 10,000 downloads... That has to be 15,000? No, 10,000. Should be be this week. We are going to celebrate. It's really one of the best videos of my life is Lily. And I actually, you can't see the video of me, but I know Lily's move. She does like these like hand pumps. Oh yeah. The hand pumps. And like stomping with hand pumps. It's great. And horse voice direction giving to everybody. And you were lip singing. So what I'm saying is that, um, but like not all the not download our podcast (laughs) anymore. Um, you know, this is a real, this is a, I mean, she was like, Probably what Janet Jackson is to a lot of girls, too. Janet Jackson was important to me, but more like in high school. I don't remember Janet Jackson being a thing when I was, like, in elementary school. But for me. realize she Paula. was popular before Paul Abdul was, because Paul Abdul choreographed for sure. her videos. Yeah, for sure. But, like, to me, the Janet Jackson that I, you know, remember loving came after that for me. Velvet so, like, Paul Abdul, right. Paula Abdul as like a dance icon in elementary school, it doesn't like it, it was so important. I made multiple videos. I just want to say I remember as a kid seeing the Forever Your Girl video before I didn't knew who she was and being so jealous of those kids because I had the biggest crush on her and I was like I want to be one of those kids in the Forever Your Girl video. That is so cute. Give shy. me a little top hat and I can you know. And then let's be serious. Had you actually gotten the opportunity, you definitely would have been too scared. So yeah, that's right. Yeah, I can already see the face you'd make. I, I was also yeah. I was also jealous. Top of the slide face. I was also <laughs> jealous of the animated cat that she danced with him. But you and like many people. Yeah. Incidentally, the animated cat played by the dance moves were done by Boogaloo Shrimp. What? Oh, wow. Yeah. Wait, how, there was no CGI then. What do you mean the dance moves He were was the prototype. Like, he did the moves. They probably, like, they probably animated did, over like it. filmed him doing the choreography and then copied it. Yep. I'm guessing. That guy, you know, so prolific. Everyone should check out that documentary, Boogaloo Shrimp, on Amazon Prime. Ooh, okay, I will. this has been a period that is packed, packed with pop culture amazingness. We've had Game of Thrones, Cobra Kai. Tons of shows. It's like there was a we were in a desert and now we are in an insane jungle. Like an, oh, an oasis. Stuff. I have so much more to say about the Cobra Kai ending than I do about the last episode of Game okay, of Thrones. But here's the thing. What? How do we feel? Like I get that I brought this upon myself. I had fair warning. However, how do we feel about not talking about the ending? What guys? What do you tell no, me? No, because the ending is what I'm like. I'm I'm having so many issues. Okay, like, struggling I will. So much. I will ask you another question. If you tell me the ending, will it ruin it for me? No. You no. saw the most significant... Okay, so it's not like this is like a massive spoiler. It's just how you no. feel about the ending. It's just how I feel about okay. the ending. So then I don't care. And, okay. I only have two episodes here, here, left. I need, to, here, I need to lay some groundwork. One. So you're just skipping over Game of Thrones. You're skipping okay, over well, Game of Thrones? Can we go to Game of Thrones second? Because I have so much to say about Cobra Kai first. Or can we? I mean, like, can we do Cobra Kai first? Or you have to? I mean, I only go through the effort to make like show notes. Cobra Kai. Fine. A, I made show notes in an out show notes in an outline. B, I feel like it's a bit maybe like you're gonna be embarrassed later in your life if you've outshined Game of Thrones. You know what? You know what? I think we should do actually. We're gonna actually break down Game of Thrones separately. It will have already come out by now. Becky, let's just talk about Cobra Kai. I don't mind doing Game of Thrones. I no, just, just I am Becky, getting... you've already you've already burst us through the floodgates of Cobra Kai. I can okay. see in your face you let's... need to talk about it. Okay, so let's start with.
over the few things. Let's start with a few things. So we have our our main characters. We have Johnny, we have Daniel, Robbie, Miguel, and Sam. Those are our five main characters that we're following, right? Out of all of these characters, the one with the greatest stakes, who has the most to lose or the most to gain, is without a doubt, Robbie. Why? Because he's estranged from his father with a difficult relationship. He's trying to repair and rebuild his life. He's a high school dropout. He has a criminal background. He's trying to make amends. He has the greatest stakes of, yeah, he, cause he dropped out of high school. He, he's living he with of... the only people who have taken care of him right. while dating their yeah, daughter. But, 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 but why we know for sure he's dropped out of high school. That's a thing yeah. on the show. In like season one, we knew that he was dropped out of high school. Okay, he and then go he back. goes back to high school. He in goes back to high school because Daniel and like, enrolls him. Oh, it's him. good that you're back in school because the Larussos make him go back in school. Yeah, they like re-enroll oh. him. They're just like, you're gonna live here. You have to go to. So Robbie has the greatest stakes out of any character. And for anyone listening, Robbie is Johnny's Johnny Lawrence's son. son. Right. If anybody's listening and doesn't know that, they've turned this podcast off by now. Yeah. Then they're not listening. So, okay, absolutely. But yet. In the last episode of the season, he commits this sort of like accidental but pretty terrible act, which we can dive into separately, Shy, and then he disappears. And not only does he disappear from the rest of the episode, from all the epilogues, no one seems to be concerned about him, which boggles my mind. So one, I feel like he was robbed of the kind of dramatic ending, and they gave that to Miguel because of how Miguel they think is a more important character, where I think like had something really terrible happened to Robbie, that would have actually been much more interesting one then two no one seems to even care like are you saying it's bad writing or there's a there's a twist coming in the opening of season three that if there is not something major happening in the first episode of season three to address the fact that this absolutely horrible thing happens in the last episode and then he's like drop drop from everyone's consciousness then it's really bad writing and I'm upset. But right now what I'm feeling like is that this I'm character surprised that, has I feel the like great... they've covered all corners. They brought well, back the original like... Cobra. Yeah, I feel like this character who has the greatest stakes is basically used as a device to cause something for another character and then his whole outcome is ignored. You don't have like Daniel does not seem to be concerned about him when they're in the hospital. Johnny doesn't seem to be wondering where his kid is. The police aren't looking for him. It's just like, oh, he did this terrible thing, and now no one cares about him. And I was so upset by this. That's that's where I'm at. Yeah. Sorry, is she taking it too far? I'm curious. So... I need I don't to know, respond. I like, how, do you, how did you process the Robbie so, Miguel fight and then the fallout for each of them? So, where you have so, everything revolving around Miguel, but no one seeming to care about Robbie. And that's where I'm having like an issue. So, and also, like, had Robbie been the one that was hurt, you'd have Daniel like freaking out in the hospital. Daniel doesn't give a shit if Miguel's hurt. He doesn't even like that kid. What does he care if the kid breaks his back? He's like, all right, you're trouble. So, why don't we give the listeners some context? If you're I mean, watching, I'd like some content. If, if you're watching Cobra Kai, there are two two main male students. There is Miguel, who lives in the same building as Johnny Lawrence, who played by Billy Zabka, and who is trained by him and who's mentored by him. And Miguel is learning the ways of Cobra Kai. He's gotten extremely violent, but he is struggling with what he knows isn't always the right way of doing things. You got Johnny who has decided that he wants Cobra Kai to always be badass, but he wants it to be different than Crazy John Kreese. 
This all culminates in a fight between Miguel and Johnny's biological son, Robbie, who is learning from Miyagi karate and who is dating, if everyone's following all the drama here, and who is dating Daniel son's daughter. And I'm not even getting into, and I'm not even getting into how much Sam does not appreciate him. That's a different topic, which we can leave for a different episode. Okay. That's okay. Girl's got to follow her heart, but that's fine. So after a very, very dramatic set of conflicts. The, sh- the show culminates with the fact that Sam has made out with Miguel in a moment of romance weakness. slash weakness at the roller rink or something like that. It's a house party. At a house party. And Damn, Sam. Tori, Tori, the... Miguel's girlfriend. Miguel, Miguel's girlfriend and Sam's friend. In like a massive fight. She, she has like a spinning jump kick and she's like, I've taken some kickboxing classes. Yeah, exactly. Jose no, and I were like, so like she, incites the most psychotic fight imaginable. Like the fight, like the way she starts the fight, I basically was like, oh, Miguel, you shouldn't date her. She cray. Like, yeah. you should not be dating her. She's she, not so, like, the fact that they are consistently just beating the shit out of each other in this season. Like, I just want to remind everybody listening to this podcast, I got headbutted by a three-year-old. <laughs> I broke my nose so badly three months later, it is still fucking broken. Like, part of my right. nose will not heal. There's an entire... And that was a three-year-old. And they also, like, instantly class, kicking each other in, in class when people fight, don't they wear pads? Exactly. They wear gloves. They wear... Uh, they're semi-contact you, like, gloves, at like, least, where the fingers are loose, but like, the knuckle you can't just constantly be bare knuckle punching people in the face just like a bit i know it's a show but it's just a bit much anyway so it culminates in this all out no holds bar fight at the high school with the cobra kai kids and the miyagi joe kids in the in like literally like a rumble like a wild crazy fight i mean it, it turns into essentially a riot which Includes the teachers all running away. The teachers one by one. And no one, one calling the police. It's like comic relief where the teachers are like, I don't get paid enough for this. And kids are jump kicking each other, this smashing each other into kids. lockers. And and at one point, Keith, who's, I don't know what his name in the show is, but Manta He's Ray just always Stingray. Keith forever. Keith, Keith, who is an adult. <laughs> shows up in the, the school. Character. It's actually a very weird character that they wrote in. Shows up in the school pretending to be a security guard applicant and starts beating up minors to help the oh Cobra Kai kids. Yeah. I feel like they were like, let's just bring Keith from Kingdom into this show and just have him not be completely psycho, just comedically psycho. Exactly. Yeah. So this fight exactly. culminates with them fighting up and down the stairs inside the school. And I say, my stomach dropped every time they go up and down the stairs because I said, oh, my God, someone's going to fall. Gonna really someone's going to get really The Jewish mother in me is like, oh, my goodness, someone's going to fall. And multiple times I wasn't sure who was going to fall. You could have just said Jewish father, but that's fine. <laughs> That's okay. Dad, dad worries about us in a different way. I mean, I'm just saying it, it would have been believable. Wait, sure. Oh, okay. I see, I see what you mean. <laughs> so, so what happens is that Johnny is trying to teach Miguel to do use mercy and not be like a John Kreese crazy person. And Miguel is about to break Robbie's arm, and he shows him mercy, and he shows Robbie mercy. And then Robbie gets up in a fit of rage and, like, pummels Miguel until Miguel 
falls off the top floor of the school and lands with his back like on the banister or like on the, on, break, on, like breaks he his breaks back his back like the, yeah and he ends up in the hospital and that's the end of the and that's the end and of the then scene. not only do you not see robbie after this no one talks about him no one's concerned about him and i think what what really upset me about this is that it felt very like the weight of it felt very uneven, and the adults. That sounds like a writing thing. And the adults' responses felt very uncalibrated. Where Johnny is so so incredibly worried about Miguel, obviously, but does not seem to be particularly concerned about his son who like committed that's this consistent. act, that's and no consistent. one knows where he is. Well, I would also say so. I would say number one, I wasn't that fu- that fussed about this scene, unless they're <laughs> writing Miguel off the show or pulling a Jason Street, like. He's gonna be fine. It's a really no, right. intense click. It's an intense click. Of course, he'll be fine. But I just mean like street. What I no don't understand is how come no one is like. How come? How come when we see the epilogues of like Sam in the hospital and then Daniel with her and then like Miguel's mom and Johnny? Becky, I I, I don't know the answer, and I guess what I I'm saying is what, well no, but what I'm saying is is that. Robbie is part of the show, but it's not about him. It's about Johnny and Daniel. And so I, I didn't even think about that until you mentioned that. I agree with you, but what, I, what, what the point of that whole like 25-minute rumble is that Johnny and Daniel have— it's not the, the point is not where's Robbie? It's, oh, the whole season, to me, had a Romeo and Juliet, Montague and Capulet West Side Story kind of feel to it. Where, I was going to say, it sounds more like West Side Story. Where, where the beefs where the beefs just escalate and escalate and escalate between these grown-ups who are playing this like very high, you know, high-level kind of game against each other. And the kids, but the, the grown-ups know how to manage their emotions to a certain degree. Like even when Daniel mm-hmm. and, and, and Johnny fight. Well, right, right, right. They, they control in their... the chat, Daniel's such a doofus. Why, what did he do? And that so... Say that so, he's kind of busy. So, but the point no, is, is that they pull themselves back, but the kids and the kids don't know go how. out of control. Just go totally out of control, trying to defend their honor and their masters and whatever. And so, I think that's a that's where the point lies in that for me. And the point also in this has very much to has to do with this journey of Johnny and Daniel, who multiple times in the season, you see they almost are able to get through to each other, but they're so angry at each other. There's always these moments where they almost can tolerate each other, and then they're always assuming the worst intentions about the other. And I think that it's like you want them to team up so badly, and they still can't do it because one yeah. or the other is always now. So what would Allie say right. about this? So Allie can't stand Daniel on this show. She's like, that's it. He's a goober. She's like, I'm Team Johnny he's now. He's always from now been on. a goober. That's the thing is that what I love about the show, he's always been kind of a goober. And he's like has good intentions at heart, he has but a really good heart. I like I get it. I think but he's the, just like the best totally episode of TV. They're both misguided. Like of all time of TV ever made ever is the Johnny Perspective episode, <laughs> where when you see it from his perspective, you're like, oh, he is kind of annoying. I mean, he's the good guy, but now that Johnny's like getting his shit together, they're definitely anyway, rivals. Shy, in that you did you did say something about how like season three would will be about reconciliation and rebuilding i I would i would hope i would hope season three is really is your redemption arc where where you tie the you're gonna tie this this part of the story up 
they've set it up so that Sensei Kreese is really the villain now. He, he at yeah. the end of the season, spoiler alert, he actually Johnny returns to the dojo, and it, as he finds out, John Kreese has taken over ownership over it without him realizing it and taken over the lease and is now Yeah, I run. saw that coming when he's like, you had all these bills you didn't pay. I'm also like having like, you know, bought a martial arts franchise myself, keep thinking in every single episode, who owns the, the name Cobra Kai? Right, he, well, who owns the brand? Who owns the logo? I know you've never heard of the internet, Johnny. Dumbest moment which in television. Which doesn't that seem weird? Like, like the internet's been around for like at least 15, 20 years at this point, so his whole no, 20... No, because he was out just, laying they, bricks... I don't know. It just hanging, seems weird. Hanging TVs weird that nobody would have told him YouTube is. Like he doesn't. Yeah. Not having a smartphone, I get, but like not knowing what YouTube is makes it no seems sense. Weird. But. But even that, he like may have heard of copyright because that's been around longer than the internet. He's not that sophisticated. He didn't have a mentor, but I was asking myself too the whole time. But like when Crease, the moment he was like, you had all these bills unpaid, I was like, oh man, he just stole it from him. But it was his originally. I love that you like, I didn't see, I didn't catch on to that until the end. And I was like, no. So I was like, sure, he's stealing it from him, like legally. So you need to go back and watch. Now is the time for you guys to go back and watch Karate Kid Part 3. Because... Oh, I know. I, I mean, actually, I think and I might watch it two. tonight. And 2. Well, but 2, two, ha- two hasn't like, been just, referenced. It has that song. So. Right. But 2 <laughs> hasn't been referenced that much yet. But Karate it Kid... makes the, no sense. But the, <laughs> events of, the events of Karate Kid Part 3 have, even though it's a very, very, I would say, cartoonishly executed movie... It, the events of that movie, including Daniel joining Cobra Kai, Cobra which he Kai, does, right. which he does in that movie, are all very relevant to the story of this show. And it's actually one of the things I love about this show is that they didn't throw out what people argue is the worst Karate Kid movie because those developments of the story and the characters are actually really interesting. Like, there are a lot of springboards for the new it, season. Exactly. And one of the things that happens in that is a revitalization of Cobra Kai under a former army right buddy. the guy with the ponytail the ponytail terry silver who is the most cartoonish of villains in all of karate kid and i can't tell you how badly i want him to return at some oh, point in the I mean, show guy, as a villain i mean well, nobody i'm sure he will i can't imagine that my question is when johnny sends that facebook message i thought of becky's like show me a gun in the first act i want to see it in the second i'm like you do not send ally with an eye of Facebook message, if she ain't coming back well, to the I show. Think, I think it's a bit of a cry for hoping Elizabeth Shue would do it. Yes, I think she, it's one of the things they, they put, Yes, I think they put the cart before the horse, and they're basically like, the show has enough momentum, it has a big enough fan base, people really love it, we're proving we're doing it well. We're going to put it out there, and we're going to let her decide if she wants to. And she's been asked, and she said she she's thinking about it. And the show ends, just so you know, Lily, the, the season ends with Johnny throwing his phone into the sand, and then just as it lands in the sand, Allie accepts his friend request. And he doesn't see it. So what I believe, exactly, so what I believe, a good way to work it back would be... Because he won't know how to use Facebook on his computer, is what you're saying. So this is what I would be doing in season three. Okay, and then we're going to go talk about maybe my favorite moment in the whole show. What I would be doing in season three, this is my pitch imperfect for season three, Mm -hmm. is... Allie has to come back. Was it Becky who said this? That Allie, who's a doctor, has to come back and operate on Miguel. No, I did not say this, but that is genius. No, isn't she married to a doctor? No, I think she's a doctor. Whatever. There has to be a doctor that Allie with an I is related to that comes back in to operate on Miguel. 
Now, that doesn't mean that I think Elizabeth Shue is going to become a series regular, but it maybe means she can come back and be a a a, a, a catalyst for Daniel and Johnny finally looking each other in the eye and sitting down. Like you could you could have her. Well, I think in she's the only episodes. one that can like mediate mediate that exactly and that um. So, Recovery. so you have because remember she broke up with both of them and she broke up with them both for different reasons. And Why'd you break up with Daniel? Well, He's a goober. because she fell in love with the the football prom date or something like that. But the 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 point is is that there's going to be a reason why she broke up with Daniel, and I think she's going to ex- she's going to be able to reflect back to them something. So that's number one. Number two, in what was my favorite episode of the show which was the return of the original old Cobra Kai's episode that seven. That was a pretty amazing episode. We will get to, don't, don't get to the, my favorite moment of it. But they reference the fact, so the ones that come back are Bobby, Tommy, Tommy. and then some other guy who I didn't oh, okay. remember, but he's definitely in it. But, but he's, they, he's in it. But they leave out Dutch. And Dutch. they reference the fact that Dutch is in prison. Prison. And Dutch, out of all of them, was the most psychotic. Like Johnny, as we've learned now, he was the leader of the group, but he was he was um, he was still somewhat, I would say, conflicted. And in the end, he told LaRusso he was all right when he gave him the trophy and everything like that. But Dutch is the one who's a killer. In fact, Dutch reminds me a lot of the way Hawk has unfolded as a yeah. And so I could see a scenario where in season three. Dutch comes back under the sensei as his enforcer and suddenly you have a a formidable adult fighting opponent for Daniel and Johnny that isn't an old man sensei because I I suspect Daniel and Johnny could take John Kreese they couldn't take John Kreese and Terry Silver but they they, and and imagine a Dutch who's been in prison which means he's been in prison fights for like years that's amazing those are two really good storylines both of which I approve so I want to see that happen and I like I want to see Miguel not be hurt permanently but aside from that I'm not super invested in what happens to most of the kids Uh, and um, I mean, I, I like the kid element of it, but it's a little bit like Friday Night Lights in the sense that the kids could keep cycling through as long as you have the grown-ups, and as long as you have the grown-ups, because that's what it's about. Uh, now, the thing I want to talk about, the moment of the season, as far as I'm concerned, is when Tommy, who is the guy who yells, "Give him a body, give bag, him a body bag." comes back he's dying of cancer the cobra kai's take him out they have one last night he gives johnny life advice he dies and then they zip him they up put him in a body bag. in a body bag in one of maybe they get him a body bag the it, most unnecessary sorry. moments unnecessary and amazing ever at, like what are we gonna but do like kind of crass <laughs> Crass and incredible was zipping Tommy up. Well, they honor the his... fans. One of the fans' favorite lines. Yeah, and it's amazing. Tommy goes out and dies from cancer, presumably in the woods. Yeah, such a good time. Where they're on vacation, and then the then the EMS comes and the episode closes with him being zipped up in a body bag. Seeing the Cobra Kai's, the original Cobra Kai's, get in a bar fight and then have Tommy have this Yoda-like moment where he gives Johnny advice about appreciating his life and then he goes in a body bag. I don't think... they, they I need Dutch to come back. Now, the other thing that I want to see more of is that they've brought back Bobby. Bobby was the one with the conscious. He's the one who actually sweeps the leg. 
right? He's the one who breaks. I did Daniel's not realize life. how little he is. And and Bobby, yeah, remember, see. Bobby could have won the whole competition. If you go back and you watch the dynamics of that competition, right? But he gets disqualified because Crease makes him sweep the leg. Right. Like, mm-hmm. He but, sacrifices himself to hurt. Yeah. And Daniel. He, and he feels terrible and he's sorry. But it would have been him versus Johnny for the finale. But and it, they mentioned that it had been them. Exactly. Before. Exactly. Yeah. And, another fight. And and Bobby Bobby thinks he can beat him fair and square. And on top of that, Crease is just worried that Daniel's going to make it through. So he just wants him out of the thing. So Bobby, and now what do we learn? Bobby's a pastor. But he's a pastor who can still fight like a beast. How much Pretty do cool. you want to see Bobby as a character who helps guide yeah. Johnny. I mean, that actor was great. He was great I, in the I don't, episode. Yeah, I don't know if this influenced it, but like Jose got into like a bit of a fight with somebody surfing in the water. Mm. And which is happened sometimes. I don't know, you know, in the surfer world, oh, sadly. Point break. People, I remember when they cut that yeah. guy's cord and then they beat him. They cut it. They cut. Yeah. I mean, sadly, in the surfer world, people can be nasty and, and can actually be violent. And this, like, young kid was sort of, like, mouthing off to Jose on the water. He was doing a session. And and he was, like, and Jose was, like, seriously? And, you know, whatever. Um, and then he did, like, this where he kind of, um, pretended to like he was gonna throw his bodyboard at Jose, like a fake, like faking to throw it. And Jose has on a much longer board than a bodyboard with ha- with fins, so they're like actually pretty dangerous. And Jose paddles over to him, and the guy's like like very low, whispering like, "Oh yeah, I guess we'll just you know take care of this out of the water." Jose's like, "What? Sorry, I couldn't hear you." He's like, "Oh no, you heard me." He's like, "No, no, I couldn't hear you." He like paddles over to this guy. He realizes the kid is like twenty. Or something like that. And Jose was like, seriously, like, you're going to get yourself, like, beat the shit. Like, someone's going to beat you up. Like, calm the fuck down. This guy's like, no, 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 no. You took my wave. Blah, blah, blah. And then Jose goes, um, no, I didn't. Uh, but, like, if you want, I'm just going to, like, swim. I'll just paddle right over you. And then this will be over. The guy's like, no, you didn't just say that. And Jose literally was like, yeah, okay, I'm swimming away now. Like, you need to relax. And then that guy goes around to all the other guys and was like, stay away from that guy. He stole my wave. Like like, like a high school fight. Jose was like, are you kidding me? So after, I was like, okay, not that, like, this matters, but, like, if you had to fight, would you win? What would have happened? Would you, like, do spinning kicks, like, in the show? Just, like, a street fight with no gloves? He's like, you, this is not real. That's a show. And he's like, I don't know if I would have won, but I would have beaten the shit out of him. I was like, I know that for sure, but I'm like, I'm like, if Tommy can do it, and he's old, and he's like, are you calling me old? I was like, I'm not calling you old. Older but than that guy. What happened? I'm like, I really don't want you fighting in public, but, you know, these guys still got it. And he's like, no, no, I still got it. I just don't go around beating up, like, kids. But, you know, I loved that bar fight scene, all that to say, of, you know, old men doing martial arts. It does not happen in real life. I I don't think it does, no. Was that the point of the story? I guess that was the point of the story. Well, there's also a scene in this. There's also a great scene in this season. There's a great scene in this season where Daniel rescues... Robbie from some criminals that attack him on the beach. I love that. That is a great scene. That was scene. a great scene. There's, there's some good, there's some really good fight scenes in this. Yeah, there's yeah. some great, so, and I actually didn't, I think I heard the, 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 the writer say that the reason they did that big school fight in the end is because the season needs to culminate with like a big fight that's, you know, one of the climaxes, and they don't want every season for it to just be a tournament, so... 
they kind of just made it more of like a street fight this time, okay, which that's... does make sense. All right. Well, I mean, look, Karate Kid Part Two is a street fight. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Anyone else have predictions for season three or wishes, pitches for season three? Uh, my wish is that ones. my wish is that Sam never dresses up like Molly Ringwald again, and okay. we have to pretend that did not happen. That was bad. It was painful. Um, that was a bad dress then, and it's a bad dress bad now. Bad dress now, yeah. The whole look. Um, no, I don't know. I love your predictions. I want all of your predictions to happen. I don't think I have anything. I, I mean, like, I know that Elizabeth Shue, and I can send you guys the article, like, willingly gave up her um, acting career, like, for her kids and stuff, but also to, like, dedicate her life to tennis, which is honorable. But I feel like she could, you know, take a break um, and do a few episodes of the show. Look that up, Elizabeth Shue. All right, okay. It's real. Should I, should I, we still want to talk Game of Thrones. I'm truly oh, happy. Can we just talk about the fact that they multiple times mentioned Game of Thrones in this season? Oh, yeah, yeah that's they did. so funny. I love that. The yeah. Wildlings, the Battle of the Bastards. We're, that was great. We're going to switch to Rex, and then we're going to do a Game of Thrones special. So okay. what I have a ton of things I've been watching. What have you guys been watching that is not Game of Thrones? Go Becky Gogan is so many. So randomly, I watched this week because, like I said, I've been at home not feeling well. I watched, and it's it's older. I mean, it's on Netflix now. It's not like that old. But I watched the um the the People versus OJ recreation series oh, with, with like, Sarah Paulson. Yeah, amazing. Starring David Schwimmer as Robert Kardashian. I just so want good. a separate show about him being Robert Kardashian. Yeah, like David Schwimmer in the Robert Kardashian story is the show I want to see. It, it's so well cast, um, so well acted. I actually like had to take breaks watching it because I found it so upsetting at different points just to like understanding what really happened during the trial. So I actually had to take breaks and be like, oh, it's too depressing. I like, can't watch for the rest of the day. But it was really well acted. Holy jeez. It's Sarah Paulson. Like... What a force! Like she's amazing. Whole thing was so well done. That made That's us. Cool. That made us want to watch the Versace one, but we never finished watching it. We we got a few um, episodes in, and it was so dark. Yeah, I don't think I could it, do it that. Was, it, and I like a good serial killer show, but it got so the acting in it was phenomenal. Actually, I thought in some ways it was. I more recommend even. the first three episodes of that show. Yeah. Um. So. So I watched that this week. It was great. It's on Netflix. If you haven't seen it yet, totally recommend it. Ten episodes, just great. Um, each episode is, is great. And then, I mean, I think I talked about this last week, that I've already seen all of season two of Sabrina, and I know don't know so, what's wrong with everyone else in my family. Can you guys please so watch it? I, I, I have a long flight so, soon, so hold, hold I'm saving it for that. So first of all, can't say the word Sabrina without giving a shout-out to the great Lons. Well, Lons, no one should ever doubt you. Uh, but I have started Sabrina season two, and I, I think it is quite a slog. I am I am not enjoying it. I'm, so I uh, agree. The first, like I told you, like the first four or five episodes, I don't even remember. <laughs> so it's the first but half it's the, of the, the season. The first half of the season, but the second half of the season gets really good. So I want to read you. I, I sent Lily some of the quotes. Okay, from this. Did you get to the episode where? Like, Amber Shari, why are you sending me like BDSM porn? Yeah. So. Like, 
But did you see Dry the episode where Ambrose plays the shofar? No. But <laughs> so, where he plays the shofar. so I think, I don't know what it's supposed to be, but this season at the beginning in particular is A, doubling down on just like super grossness. And I get that the first one was like weird, but these are supposed to be high school students and, 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 and they are making this, they're always these trying to overly make the point that the witching world is like dirtier and there's the, the overdoing it of the puns of like the fallen god the false god and the father like everything is a switcheroo in the witch world it's like it's almost like a cartoonish harry potter at times but i'm going to read you a couple of the quotes that were in this episode where the premise of the episode is that all of the students run around in the woods getting horny until it culminates in a like massive gross orgy that's the one where he plays the shofar okay well i didn't finish that one because it was (laughs) really hard to watch and so during the lead up to the games prue says the milk and the blood are for purification the oysters and figs are for fertility and virility and the cherries are for popping this is an actual line that they say. And what's funny is, is that Very if bad. they said that line in Riverdale, I somehow w- would have bought it because Riverdale's insanity is a level of insanity. Is I, I've really, I've really... I, no, but she's like really gone over to the dark side in this season, and then like. But did, I just want to. They're not her like not to Harvey. Also, I don't know. I didn't finish the episode. Like also, all of these kids. This is yeah. what I don't understand about the show. All of these kids are not really kids because they're witches who have like eternal youth. So like Ambrose, like two hundred years old or something. Oh, you make a good point. They look like you know teenagers, I mean? but they, they look are like she is a teenager. She is a teenager. Many of them are extremely old. So that's pretty gross too. Anyways, so I'm going to keep watching it. Uh, But also, then there's this entirely manufactured drama amongst her mortal friends uh, where Harvey and her best friend kind of have a thing for each other. But it it just, it's not, it's not a believable element of the story. And, and that, that whole element, which is supposed to be stronger, the mortal world is, it to me, is really hard to pay attention to, except for the best character in the show, I agree with Becky on this, is Madam Satan, Mrs. Worley Burley. Mrs. Wart. Mrs. Wardell? <laughs> yeah. Mrs. Wardell is She's She only hilarious. gets better. She, she gets better and better throughout the season. It's just sad that she ate really Balky. But, but that's what's great about her character is that I pretty much don't understand her motivation, but her willingness to murder and do terrible things to, like, kids is yeah. – it's and, and in almost a cartoonish way, like when she ate Bronson Pinchot at the end of the previous season. It was really good. So so I I, I – I will honor Becky's watching of this, and I will watch the second season, and I and I'm hoping it'll pick up. But it, it has been not super enjoyable for me. I can't hear Becky though; she might be talking, but I can't tell. Sorry, I said I was in a little bit of a fever state when I watched it, and I watched it very quickly, so I hope it's good. Well, I I, I, I would say a fever state and on fast forward would be a great way to watch it. Yeah, because I a, hope it. What What else are you watching? Oh, um, well, I watched the OJ thing, finished with Sabrina. I already told you about special. I did Cobra Kai over the weekend. Um, I feel like that's a lot. Oh, I watched this movie that, that Zoe Lister-Jones wrote, directed, and oh. produced. Oh, on Netflix now called Band-Aid. Ooh. Oh, I don't think I it's have that on my Netflix. Adam Pally and what? Fred Armisen. Amazing. And, yeah, it's really and, cool that she wrote that. And she and wrote and directed and produced the whole thing. And I just love her, and I love her work, and I think it's it really... 
yeah, it's it's a it's a good film. It's 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 a dramedy, you know. It definitely has like heavy themes to it, but she's funny and it's funny. Right there, uh, um, I don't have it here in my Netflix, but they're like a couple who starts a band, right? Mm-hmm. Something like that. Yeah, exactly. They're dealing with some marital issues, and instead of fighting, they decide to like write songs and sing about their fights, and it's it's funny and serious. I really liked it. Cool. Is that- I just like I would love to see Shy and Allie fight and then write a song about it. It'll probably be like you are my sunshine, my only sunshine, because their fights are like super nice. Very. When Shy and Allie fight, um, yeah. Let's just listen to the tipper tapper. Tapper Becky I'm, typing. I'm giving Vlad a hard time because he went surfing and was supposed to be home now and seems to be leaving the beach now and is at least an hour away and I am all of this is being recorded on the podcast you forget sometimes that we're recording Lily I'm so sick you're lucky I'm not throwing up on my microphone okay don't give me all right well that's a good segue to what Allie and I watched on Friday night our Friday night movie we watched fighting with my family which is the story about Paige who was a iconic uh women uh female wrestler in WWE who was a Uh, a kid who came out of a wrestling family in Norwich, England and ended up through auditions ended up making her way into the WWE and eventually being the women's champion and one of the main women wrestlers to help that transition go from just models and cheerleaders into actual women wrestlers it was a very very cute enjoyable Disney-fied story it was produced by the WWE, so there is obvious propaganda in it about the WWE, meaning <laughs> it's a very sanitized story. They don't talk about the healthcare issue. They don't talk, I mean, <laughs> they don't talk about the healthcare. They don't, I mean, that's the way WWE is in general, but it's, it's a kid's movie in a sense. I mean, it has some profanity, but it is an inspirational kid's movie, and it's not, a, it's not an expose on the hard life. There, it shows a little bit of how difficult life is, but it's hardly the wrestler. So, so, um, so I really like that. I really liked it. It was a lot of fun. It was very cute. Definitely a rent, but a solid rent. So if you're looking for something fun, an airplane movie or, or better, go for it. Check it out. Allie and I saw Longshot last night, which is I'm Seth Rogen. I'm happy that you said it was good. Charlize Theron. Oh, I wanted to see that. It was loved, good. Loved, loved, loved it. Loved it. And, That's and, great. And I would say it takes place in the backdrop of all of this political foreign policy stuff. But that stuff is really... So it like, has something for Allie and something for you. Well, it's just... It's it's secondary. It, that stuff is really secondary, and they increasingly dispense with any strong details about the fact that he's a journalist and the foreign policy elements of it. But it's essentially a script flip of the American president and Pretty Woman... With Seth Rogen as Annette Bening slash, slash Julia Roberts, which I tweeted, I called him the Jewish Annette Bening and Julia Roberts. Mm-hmm. 
and somehow they really get you to get the chemistry between him and Charlize Theron to work and the jokes are very very funny it's pretty R-rated it's 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 in a sense there's a lot of typical Seth Rogen beats like there's a part where they party too hard and throw up or whatever you know right. or you know there's all sorts of things like that but there's also a lot of really really great funny moments and it's got a lot of heart in terms of the emotions it was a really great date movie like old fashioned romantic comedy in that sense and uh, Sounds it, like there's something for everyone. There's something there? for everyone in this movie. And you know what it also has? June Diane Raphael plays the chief of staff of the Secretary of State character, Charlize Theron. And she is amazing. I also tweeted that they should do a spinoff movie, like a single spinoff movie about her character. Because she was oh, that's, amazing that's in it. And she just needs to do more stuff. They were all... It was a great ensemble cast. Everyone was really, really funny. And it had a lot of heart. And uh, and so I, I I recommend that one. It was I don't know if it's like see it in the movie theater thing, but because I have the AMC A list, we only pay for one of the tickets, and so that made it even more enjoyable. So that was a good A list pick. And then last but not least, I started this show starring Christina Applegate and Linda Carnalini, Dead to Me, which is about two Seems women. like super psycho. It's about two women grieving after serious like losses in their life, but there's a little bit of mystery and deceit i i love those actresses and they are amazing in it but i am not going to watch past the first episode no and i was kind of disappointed when i saw the trailer i was disappointed that the show doesn't um not that like these women should only be able to do comedy like they they're incredible actresses and can do whatever they want but and and do whatever you know shows their talent it's definitely not a comedy it's a it's a pretty heavy drama when it was seen, I know it's a heavy drama at the beginning when I saw the trailer, but as I see the trailer, it gets like so dark and so psycho. I was disappointed because I was like, I don't have the emotional energy to watch that. And I really want to like see anything with Applegate in it. Like I want her back on TV. She's amazing. And this is a, like an awards worthy performance, but I just, I can't watch a heavier version of Grace and Frankie. And that's kind of right. what that's kind of what it is to me. And also Cardellini kind of playing against the usual type that she plays. Also great. Maybe I will watch it. I don't know. I, I watched a little bit more of it anyway, even though I said. Watch oh, Dirty John instead. Because that's right. like a crazy ghost story. I'll, I'll check that out. What about you, Lil? What have you been watching? Um, I haven't, I haven't had, I've been, you know, it's like obsessed with The Last Kingdom. So it's weird. So I'm not going to mention that one again. Although I just did. Um, and, you know, obviously trying oh, to catch I, up to I you guys. I forgot. I forgot to say, speaking of Last Kingdom, apparently Vlad's been watching it, and he proposed that we changed Miri's we change Miri's name to Uthridge, Uthridge, or Uthridge the Fierce, or something like insane. I was like, well, you can call her that, but I don't know if she's gonna answer. So, I guess it's that good. The show. He's a, he's a great character. Um, so I love that yeah that show Cobra catching up with Cobra Kai but I had a bit of like a tough week so I needed just sort of like the, that you know stupid not have to pay too much attention to it movie and I watched the Gina Rodriguez her new movie on Netflix I don't know if you guys have this on Netflix someone great uh I think we do I just I we do I just it's, not it's interested. really it's really fun and sweet and heartfelt because it's about a breakup and sort of like one crazy night with these best girlfriends in New York city kind of like, you know, at this pivotal moment in Gina Rodriguez's life. 
Um, I like, you know, the diversity and the characters. I thought it was fun. The, the problem is that's the worst title. That title makes no sense. They could have just used, like, the words movie title. Or just that call title. it movie with Gina Rodriguez, who's awesome. Right. And just be like, like, that title means nothing. Someone great? What is that? That means literally nothing. So I'm annoyed that, like, at the last minute, they're like, we have no budget to pay anyone to pick a title for this. So pick random words in these two columns and put them together. And that's how they got the title for that movie. But, yeah, I thought it was it's exactly what you want it to be when you need, like, some distraction and just feel lazy and want to watch something fun. So Cool. Fully endorse that. All right. Well... As we go into the shout-outs, I want to dedicate our Cobra Kai discussion to Mike McNutt of the All-Star Comic-Con, who is a huge Cobra Kai fan and has specifically asked to come back and talk about Cobra Kai with us. So when we catch up with him at All-Star Comic-Con on June 8th and 9th, where we will be in person with T-shirts, some giveaways, stickers, photo booth, stickers... It's going to be um, wild. Yummy things that we're giving away, yeah, exactly. too. Treats. Treats. So it's going to be um, wild. Games? Did I say games? Yeah, games. And P- anyone who wants to come and record a bit with us can record a bit. And, of course, we'll catch up with Mike there. So, Mike, everyone at All-Star Comic-Con, we're coming for you. It's less than a month away. Get tickets now. There's They're running a 25% discount uh, for a little bit longer. So go for it. And uh, that's my big shout out, uh, Lily. Mine is to our cousin Shelly, who got her tickets and her t shirts for Comic Con with Devin. And I'm so excited that they're going to be there um, to partake in this super fun Comic Con adventure. And so, shout out to those guys. Cool. Backy back. Shout out to her little girl, Miri. Oh, who's shout out so for her. cute right now. She's the cutest ever in the world. <laughs> But yeah. it doesn't seem to be letting Becky continue to podcast. Um, shout out shout to out the you, Marilyn. Shout out to this little baby girlfriend right here who's snuggling me <laughs> and whining. <laughs> so she's I, having a lot it, of fun. Isn't it so that. funny, Lily, the way Becky's baby whines, which just sounds like cute little noises? Right. That's, yeah. Show them count. what you're made of, Mary. I want to shout out to the two of you for doing such... <laughs> For doing so much work and getting us ready for All Star, I really do appreciate it. I know I'm the use, l- least useful sibling when That's it comes up when it comes to this stuff. I mean, I barely tolerate it. Still my ideas. That's a I really barely like, tolerated our half of our planning <laughs> meeting and then contributed nothing afterwards. <laughs> so I, I I didn't no I felt like you contributed in the meeting, but I could tell you barely tolerated it. Barely tolerated it. Which amazingly, you are a producer. I know. It's so weird. I'm not an event planner, though. I guess. I guess. Which is what I am. So. Well, every day. Every day is a planning meeting. Every day is an event for me. Okay. Where can people follow you, Becky? At Paper BK Princess on Twitter. Lily, where can people follow you? At Chichi K Gomez. You on can, Twitter. You can follow me at PancakeCoreTable on Twitter and Instagram. Follow all of the Friday Night Movie fun at Fry Night Movie or Friday Night Movie Pod. The music from What Does It Eat will kick in and uh, we will dance off into the night and then and record some Game of Thrones specialness in a moment. Bye. Bye.
Do you have a problem with this? It's cute. No, it's awesome. I mean, it's great. No, I just wanted to talk about Paula Abdul. Oh, I love Paula Abdul. Like, this makes me so happy. I would so much rather see Paula Abdul doing this than, like, Madonna, to tell you the truth. Because, like, these songs are great. This album was amazing. This is great. Wow, it's long. It's like a six-minute performance.